to ask for help as hard as it is. And I know it's not bred in men to ask for help. Like it's seen as a sign of weakness. But, yeah, just seek help pretty much. You don't necessarily have to go out and say that my life's so bad, what am I going to do, this and that. But, yeah, just ask for help and just understand that it's not a weakness to ask for help. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to this week's self-love podcast. I'm really excited to share with you a very beautiful soul, Brendan Giebel. He is one of the most phenomenal young men, and I am really loving sharing these young, beautiful souls, uh, amazing masculine kind of approach to the self-love web, uh, website and podcast. And I'm really excited that, that they're giving their insight, not only to help us women understand more, but also for our beautiful men to see that there's options and things that they can they can do outside of their own um, awareness. Now, Brendan is the founder and lead breakthrough expert at the Advanced Men's Development. And his first target, I just you wait till you hear this podcast, he talks about how he personally wants to transform the lives of one million men. And, and I have no doubt that he will do that. But he's also really super keen to build the number one training facility for men in Australia. And as you hear this beautiful soul, you'll notice that, as he says, after being a shy, sad, lonely and depressed boy in his early 20s, he started on a journey to find out who he was and what it takes to be a man. Six years later, he's now discovered a systematic formula that is helping men to do the same. Combining that with his skills as a master practitioner in NLP and timeline therapy, there is no man that he cannot transform. You're going to particularly love this interview because he talks and you'll notice he has a much more quiet disposition. And what I love about it is that we can embrace that side of our men that are more quiet, maybe a little bit more introverted. And yet the fierce power that all men of all types can bring to this planet is extraordinary. And I just know you're going to love that if you're sharing this with any man, uh, it could be your son, it could be your brother, it could be your parents, it could be your partner. You know, this man has got some really beautiful wisdom that I know you're going to love to hear. And even if you don't have any men that need this information, I can promise you the stuff he's sharing equally applies to us women. And I really hope that you take the time to listen to this beautiful soul and know that not only is he a dear friend, but he is a remarkable therapist and coach who is really changing lives. Um, the other beautiful thing that Brendan has offered is that uh, you'll see in the show notes, there's the opportunity for a discovery call, a conversation, just even to work out what it is that you'd like in your life. He really wants to help everybody and anybody he can. And you'll also see in the show notes, any of his quotes and his WDTD um, <laughs> suggestion, which I reckon all of us girls could take on as well. And I won't spoil it. You got to listen to the podcast. Uh, but also he is offering an amazing 10% discount for any self-love podcast listener. So make sure we get in touch with him, that you let him know that you heard about him right here on the self-love podcast. Take care, enjoy the show, and I cannot wait to get your comments and feedback over on the facebook.com forward slash Kim Morrison training 
on thewellnesscouch.com forward slash SLP, self-love podcast. And of course, you can also go to me on Instagram, Kim Morrison and the number 28. I so appreciate your feedback and your comments and your reviews. I read every single one of them. And if you just so happen to this particular day, want to give me a five-star rating on iTunes, there are so many iTunes out there. I've been doing podcasts for over eight years and there's just an amazing plethora of topics and information. Uh, But the Self-Love Podcast is my newbie. Um, So I just want to acknowledge you for those of you giving me a review and a five-star rating. I promise you it does not go unnoticed. Take care, guys. Big hugs. And I cannot wait to hear what you think of the beautiful Brendan Gable. So as you can hear, an incredible guest, someone I'm really excited to bring to you, the amazing Brendan Gable. Thank you so much for coming onto the Self-Love Podcast. No, it's my pleasure. It's good to talk to you. Oh, I know. And you and I have done a lot of talking and a lot of work and we've done a heck of a lot of amazing in-depth immersion type of work around obviously NLP and timeline therapy and hypnotherapy and all these incredible topics that we all love. But I'd really love to, to start off first and foremost for people that don't know you, Brendan, could you give us a brief history as to who you are and what led you down this pathway of work and why you're making such an impact on society now? Yeah, sure. So I went to, I'd say probably it all start. I went to an all-boys school. So I was kind of struggling socially from there as it was. I think that probably put it down to a lot. And I just knew there was more out for me, but I just couldn't find it on, couldn't find what it is. So I was just struggling for a while and then I started finding different things and I was still just going down the own path and helping men was never really anything on the radar for me. It was just more about myself. But then if I can just tell a little story how it all began, I was sitting at a restaurant with my family and I noticed just across the room there was a guy sitting there and there was something about him that just he used to be like what I used to be like. So he was what I used to be like. and something in me just wanted to go talk to him and just wanted to go help him. And I didn't obviously, like it was just all a bit of a thought, but because I become aware of that then, I started to notice guys everywhere with the same issues that I had. And from then I was just like, why don't I start doing this? And then I went down that avenue to start helping other guys and now diving down into it. It's just such a big passion for me now and there's there's not a whole lot of help out there for men at the moment like and we're still kind of getting over the the thing where it's weak to ask for help so yeah it's like a it's a big thing for for men to reach out and break that stigma but that's that's the goal and that's the mission that I'm on yeah I just I want to I want to commend you hugely for the mission that you're on and I want to acknowledge you for noticing you know when you're talking about you notice that he was just like you talk to us what that was and how do you mean he was just like you Mm, so he was he was shy he had insecurities like you could just tell like he was sitting by himself at the table Um, he was constantly looking around to see who was looking at him and I was trying not to make myself known, obviously, looking at him, but I, I think he might have seen me a couple of times. And then as soon as 
I made eye contact with him, he looked down straight away. Um, and like the the female waiter walked over to him and he was just all shy and like didn't it just seemed so awkward and everything. So yeah, he was just like shy, unconfident, insecure. Yeah, and it just like all those things just resonated exactly what I was like. It's quite incredible how much body language says a lot and how we can actually portray a lot of our internal thoughts and our thought processing and all the way in which we see the world through our physiology. I mean, you saw, you didn't even talk to the guy, but you could see all of that, which leads me to believe that there is so much more in all of us, right? There is so much possibility and so much uh, more open to us. Do you think had you approached him, he would have been open to that? Or do you think it was something that you could have slipped him a business card? Is it that kind of approach or is it that you notice him and you realise there's a lot of men that may be looking for this kind of support and help? Um, I definitely would have have gone up and just slipped him a business card and said, call me like that's not the way if they they can't it's all about awareness first you have to they have to become aware that they can't the way they are first if I just go up to them and say I can help you or like we should work together or something they're just going to be like oh yeah right and then you have to start telling them about the problem and everything that they might have Um, so it's all about awareness and then wanting to work with me or work with anyone and work on the things that they have first, if that answers the question. Yeah, it's interesting. Awareness is one of the biggest steps in any part of self-development journey or any part of, of life, really. So many people don't take time to look at their situation or actually even take a moment to go, gosh, I'm not feeling great today, or gosh, I really don't know if I can do this, or all of those things. We look at it as a bad thing rather than being aware of a problem in that moment. How would you say if someone was listening to this who had quite a shy, introverted husband, partner, son, um, someone that you, you knew as a woman or a friend or a partner or a mother that your son was also struggling with these issues, um, and I get that introverts are, can be fully functioning and there's no problem with some introverts. We're talking about people with their shy and the insecurities and the and the awareness that something's not right. How would you say, you know, to a mum or a friend or a partner, as I mentioned, how would you say to them how to talk to them about this? Um, I'd say you just, you can't be full on too much about it and label them as being shy for starters, like, being, having a label on them, then they start to believe that that's who they are. It's like your name, right? Like when you first born, you don't know what your name is, but you hear it so often that you start to associate it, that that's who you are. So if you hear that you're shy, you're unconfident or something growing up and just constantly hear it, you're going to start labelling yourself and saying that's who you are. So the first thing is not really to say, I'm noticing you're so shy or or something like that. It's more just kind of ease into it and ask more of the other kind of questions, you know, like what do they think they're struggling with rather than putting, pushing it onto them, saying why are you so shy or what makes you shy or unconfident or anything, just more taking the, the different approach and saying like what's going on, sorry, what's going on for you here? Um in that 
this area and just kind of letting them and just being open with them because they need time to warm up. Like a lot of men don't generally, it takes a little bit for them to start telling you exactly what's going on. Um, but once they do, like it just all comes out. But it's that first initial period where you just kind of have to be open and patient and not so much push anything on them. You're so right. The minute we put a label on anything, many can live into it or, as you mentioned, actually start believing it. Mm. Where you were going on, I mean, you're, you're kind of like an exception to the rule in the sense that, okay, you've been experiencing things that you notice this in yourself. Where did it start changing for you? Because no one came up to you and said, hey, I can help you. How did you decide in a moment that oh, this is what I've got to do? This is how it's got to do. Do you think you were pointed in this direction for that? Um, I'm not, I'm not really sure, to be honest. Like, there was just one time a while ago I was working fly and fly out, which, as we a lot of people know, it's not very good for your mental health. And I was in a pretty bad spot and I was going to jump off the edge of a building. Um, and in that moment, I just heard a voice that said, are you really giving up that easy? And from then, like, my life kind of changed. I was just on this journey finding and looking for more. So it was kind of a personal thing for me. Um, I can't really explain the feelings or, or what that dry internal drive was for me, but it was just something that I was like, I'm a bit, <laughs> I'm probably a bit stubborn as well. Um, and then so I heard myself say that. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm not giving up because would mean that I'm giving up. So it was like a kind of an inner battle. Um, and then, yeah, I was just doing anything and everything I could because I was just sick of the way my life was at the time. And it wasn't anything that I necessarily heard from anyone or anyone pushed anything on me. It was just like a, just a personal growth for myself that I was just constantly on. I want to acknowledge you for that. I just, I think you're incredible at the way you've really jumped in and and actually decided, for want of a better word, to to not give up, but also to do something about it. And that's probably the biggest, toughest thing for most of us when we're in a bad or a dark place, is actually knowing or even thinking or deciding there's something we can do about it. Where did you go with the work then? What have you been doing from an internal perspective? on how you can actually really uh, work on yourself to really grow into the man that you knew you could be? What which workshops or pathways or what did you do exactly? Um, so <laughs> the first time I tried, the first time I went travelling to Europe, tried running away from Australia, thinking that would fix my problems. Um, clearly didn't, as we, as we could all guess. Um, so that was a big learning for me, that one, um, saying that running away isn't and the problems aren't just in Australia. So then I started and I was constantly looking outside myself. Like I was constantly, I went to, to um, America to, for some entrepreneurial events, thinking that if I started my own business, um, then I would start to have more money, which means people would like me more. Um, I started doing things for to get some like 
gratitude and stuff, I suppose. I started reading books, did a few online courses, um, but nothing was really quite quite ticking and like getting me where I wanted to go. And then I heard someone saying that it's, I can't remember who it was now, but I heard something that you need to look, nothing outside of you is going to solve you. It's like what's inside of you. And then when you start looking inside of you, that's where all the answers are. Like you have all the answers to your problems and you're the the one that can save yourself. But it's just you have to take time to look inside and most often not you need someone else that can help you look inside yourself as well. You're so right. You're so right. This is a beautiful segue into what I would love to ask you, your opinion. This is the self-love podcast. What is yeah. your opinion or definition of self-love then? Um, self-love is being true to who you are and doing the things that you like to do on a daily basis. Like, And self-love to me is loving yourself before you can love anyone else. There's so many other people that try and love someone else first and it just doesn't really work like that. So self-love is, is the most important thing first to me. And, yeah, it's, it's just what, you, what everyone needs to do first, I think. Mm. Oh, you... you. You're preaching to the converted, I have to mm. say. I've always felt that self-love is the foundation, the the platform on which we can build our lives. And if that's missing and lacking, then we really do need to take some time to go within and really find out our passion, our purpose, maybe what it is we can do. And if it's because it's a really hard thing, isn't it, to say to someone, look, you need to find your purpose. Um, but for many of us, it's a pathway. It's a journey. It doesn't just pop up overnight. How did you know or when was the decision for you that, oh, my gosh, this is so my purpose. I want to create a business that's a, a, as a lead expert uh, in breakthroughs. I want to create a business called Advanced Means Development. Like where was the tick for you or was that a gradual build-up as well? Um, yeah, it was definitely you're, you're 100% right about the journey. It's a constant journey. Um, it, was a, it was a gradual thing for me. Um, it was just the more I kind of researched and the more I dived into it, the more I had seen how big of a problem it was and how much I wanted to, to help people. But then I kind of made the decision that I'm like, right, I want to help a million men. And as soon as I made that then that it was just like cementing in my brain that that's my purpose then so it was a kind of a gradual lead up um but there once I kind of internally said this is my goal this is my mission this is my purpose that's when it fully took took into full swing yeah talk to us a little bit then about your um 
I mean, you've labelled it as, you know, you you were sad, you were lonely, you were depressed um, in your early 20s. Do you think, and we'd mentioned it just briefly earlier, that, you know, being told if you go to your doctor and you say, I'm really down, I'm really flat, which could be more related about your purpose, could be more related about just don't know who you are, could be related about the fact that you're feeling a bit lost. Do you think it's, uh, you know, I don't want to make the medical system wrong here, but there seems to be a very easy blanket um, prescription given in antidepressants when someone turns up. Did you ever have a doctor or anyone say to you, how are you feeling? What are you going through? Here's some places you can go to. Or was this all your own doing? Um, I did go to the doctors once and they tried to prescribing medicine but I was like I don't think I need it um but yeah I think that I I agree we we don't want to bag out the medical system or whatever but it tends to be people go to the doctors and if they don't walk out with a tablet or they don't walk out with being prescribed something then they're like oh I don't like that doctor that doctor didn't do anything for me like the perfect example is people with diabetes and high cholesterol and stuff they might be overweight and they come out with cholesterol tablets and high diabetes tablets instead of the doctor saying, like, let's try and work with you and, and lose a bit of weight and lose some body fat that's going to help these things. And rather than saying, I right, just telling them, right, you have diabetes now, so that's it, <laughs> take this tablet. That's the same as, it's the same as mental health. Yeah, and what have you noticed about mental health over this this time? And especially, I mean, you're you're approaching thirty. You have seen a lot. You've been young. You've travelled. You've had a good time. You you know what it means to live well, um, as in you know being young. Talk to me a little bit about then uh, for someone who is feeling down. Uh, maybe they've been labelled as depressed. Maybe they've got health issues. What do you think is the first step in recovery? Um, the first, the first step actually is I think a lot of people confuse being sad with depressed. There's a there's a there's a big difference. Like it's all right to be sad. It's all, there's nothing wrong with being sad from time to time. But a lot of people confuse sadness with being depressed. So then they feel sad. Then they go tell the doctor I'm depressed, thinking that it's anything. Then they get a tablet. So there's First is just understanding that you can be sad and be fine with it. Like it's no it's no big deal. But yeah, once you to answer your question, once you the first step going forward, I suppose is is just kind of working out exactly what you want to do and where you want to go um, with your life. There's something that I, I like doing. It's called um, War Think Discover. It's um, a little thing I like doing with my clients where at sun- sunrise they wake up and just set an alarm, f- set a timer for 20 minutes and they just walk. No no music, no phone, being on the phone or whatever. And they're asking themselves two questions. Who am I and where am I? Just constantly, who am I, where am I? And after that 20 minutes they stop, record in their phone their answers to that questions and then the 20 minutes walking home they listen to that recording of themselves doing that and you, you start to notice from my 
own experience and the and the guys I work with, come about 13, 14 minutes in, you start getting into the actual real reasons. You start getting into your unconscious and not in your conscious mind. That's the first half. The first half is your conscious thought. But then you start realising the other things in you and you start to see better in yourself at that 13 kind of minute mark. And then so you come out realising that you might not, life might not be as bad as what you think it is. And it's such a powerful little tool that is, yeah, it, it just kind of gives you some more insight and some realisation into yourself of who you are and where what you actually are like right now. Um, just so you don't get caught up in the undepressed, I'm sad mentality that you're just constantly living in. Is there an element in this? Oh, by the way, I love that ritual. I think that's a really profound, powerful ritual for men and women. And I really recommend, um, I might even get you to send that to me just in the written way that you'd say it so that we can attach it to the show notes if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. That would be amazing. And I just think really what I'm hearing from you and many experts that talk about this is that, you know, people can't do it for you. People can't give you a tablet or give you a prescription or give you a, a ritual or give you an idea. You can give you every suggestion under the sun, but ultimately it comes back to your own ability to do the work. What is your experience around the people that do the work and the people that think they can't do the work or they don't want to do the work? How does that work for you? And, and have you noticed any similarities or differences with those two groups? Mm, well, one of my favourite kind of sayings I tell to people is, when you do the work, the work works. So that's just a nice little preframe that I say to people. And it's, it's you're right, like it's not, no one else can really do it for you, but they can help you. And your mind already has all the answers to your problems. It's created your problems so it can solve them. It just needs to be looked at a different way. And that's where someone else can come in and help you doing that, help, help men and women do that. What do you think then for you? What do you think? Is there a blanket answer like work on yourself, personal development, read books? Is there anything at all that you would say based on everything you've been talking about so far? If someone was listening to this or they had someone that they loved that was feeling the way you've described Apart from that beautiful ritual uh, at sunrise, is there anything else that you could say to them to support them to make the first move? Um, I would just say, like, ask yourself, is what do you want to change? What's the thing that want to change? And that's the first step, I suppose, is, like, you can read as many books Look and listen to as many podcasts, do as many courses as you want. But if it's not exactly aligned with what you want, you're kind of wasting your time. So the first, I think, is work out exactly what you want, whether you want to just go one step higher or two steps higher or you want to change your life completely, then that's like you have to kind of 
get clear on exactly where you want to go first. Um, so then, then all those um, programs and uh, books and everything that you read from then on, they're all aligned with where you want to go. I, I kind of made that mistake to start with. I was just reading every and any book that I could, but just to tick a book off, but I wasn't implementing anything in them and they weren't aligned with exactly where I wanted to go. So Easy to do. And I love what you say there that um, uh, that is one of the most profound questions, I think. Ask what you what you do want. So many times we all sit there, don't we, saying what we don't want, what we, um, it's not fair, how come, it's life's hard. And so we're constantly looking at all the things that are wrong. And when we turn that into a focus of what we do want, one of my favorite lines is, if I could wave a magic wand, tell me what your perfect life looks like. Show me how you can, um, show me what it would look like if everything was great. Firstly, I think you and I will agree that we then get to realize that life's never perfect. It's imperfectly perfect or perfectly imperfect, but it's never perfect. But I really love that question. Ask yourself, what do you want and what do you want to change? For you personally, Brendan, going looking back at your childhood and growing up, you had great parents, you had a great family, you had wonderful life really in the scheme of things. But where do you think we could as parents help younger, younger children and into their teens? Is that something that you would encourage? I know you're not a dad yet, but is that something that would become a focus for you with, with when when you have children? Oh yeah, for sure. Um I think there's, it doesn't matter what you do or what, how much you try and learn or about parenting and, and all that kind of thing. Um, you can only help guide your children and they will become who they become, who like their environment is what kind of shapes them growing up. So I think like for me as a parent, until they get to kind of late teens and the 20s, it would just be putting them in the best environment that I think is going to suit them. Um, And then, yeah, like you can't, if you try and be protective of them and try and watch what you say around them all the time and, and or even try to push them into something that they don't want to do, then, I think that's when you start having problems, you're going to start, maybe they'll start rebel or they'll start like not listening to you and and all this kind of thing. Um, So I think, yeah, it's definitely just controlling them, trying to control the environment first um, and then just let, let them take their course, let them become who they want to be and just grow, you know, as most children do. And then once they get older, then you can start to kind of dive a bit deeper into their beliefs and what's happened growing up and everything. Because as you know, like our first, when we're one to seven, or sorry, first born to, to seven, we're like sponges, we take in everything. So maybe just being a little a bit more mindful about what you say to your children around then, because they take it in, like they might not, seem like they might just kind of be existing when they're, when they're babies, but 
just being a bit mindful then, I think, until they're about seven. And then, yeah, just controlling the environment that they're in. Yeah, it's a special thing. And we know then the next level, seven to 14, is when they start getting influenced by um, family or friends or other people that aren't in the family. But that too is also awesome because it's helping to frame them. I really love what you said about, um, you know, not making them do something they don't want to do, not trying to push our kids into such a space that they have to become something. And if we face that honestly as a parent, it's only ever out of the goodness of our heart. We want what's right, what we think is right for our kids. We want to do everything we can to protect and help and save them and all of those things. Mm. But as you sit there now as a young man, I also noticed that for many people, they go through life, you've touched on it briefly, with beliefs, certain beliefs as they grow older that whatever that is based on what's been said or the environment or something that they've experienced. You and I both know that we can change our beliefs. We can change what we think is has been a decision or a belief that we've had all our lives. And I love the work that you do where you look into when did we create those beliefs or when did we make that decision that we weren't good enough or when did we make that choice that we couldn't be what someone else is. In your context of the work that you do and in the clients that you've had, how quickly and easily can we change those limiting values and beliefs and and decisions? Uh, yeah, it can take half an hour, it can take 10 minutes, it can take an hour. Like some of the different techniques involved in around NLP and timeline therapy and stuff, that's honestly I don't know why it's not more well-known with the difference it can make. But, yeah, like these beliefs that have been affecting men for years it can you just kind of look at them from a different angle instead of feeling the emotions about them. You start to learn from them and see them at it. You see them instead of being two years, two year old, you see them as you are now and you just look at them differently. Instead of letting them affect you, you just learn from them and, and grow. Like at, at the moment, um, right now I do a full day breakthrough and it's like a full eight hours of a detailed personal history and then a whole heap of work clearing emotions, decisions and everything. And like coming out of the end of the day, they're just completely new people. It's actually true. We've seen the work and I just want to acknowledge you again for what you do. Talk to me about the types and ages of men then that you've worked with. Um, yeah, so my kind of target market, I suppose, or the people that have most people I've been working with have been between 18 and 35. Um, but I'm actually working with a 52-year-old at the moment, which is crazy um, to think that some of the things that he's put up with for his whole life are still affecting him. Like life's too short to, to be living for 25 years in problems that like that affect you like I just I kind of have so much empathy for for people that just live in their problems and they just don't ask for help or whatever for so long and knowing that you can change someone's life in a day is just like 
the most powerful thing for me. I know, I know, and I, I know um, the the results that you've had is is absolutely extraordinary with your incredible business. I had two young men on my show just last week, and that's why I'm really excited to have you on the show. Um, they're very much thinking like we do. They One was 31, one's 29, I think, from memory, and you're sitting right in that, that age bracket. I, I'd just love to hear your thoughts. Looking at older men, particularly as you've brought it up, 52, I found a lot of men between 35 and 55 tend to have what we call a midlife crisis. I like to reframe it into a midlife awakening as long as they do the work and they're open to changing limiting decisions and beliefs and emotions that have been holding them back or the stories they've created. What would be your advice to anyone listening to this? Because some of my listeners are in my age bracket in their 50s with partners that are struggling with this. As a young man, knowing that you will be obviously heading there in the next 20 or so years, hmm. how does that make you? What, what, what would you say to them if they weren't feeling 100% or felt like they're in Groundhog Day or were maybe in, for want of a better word, having a bit of a, a midlife crisis? What would be your advice? Um, just to ask for help as hard as it is and I know it's not bred in men to ask for help like it's seen as a sign of weakness but yeah just seek help pretty much you don't necessarily have to go out and say that my life's so bad what am I going to do this and that but yeah just ask for help and just understand that it's not a weakness to ask for help Oh, that's so good. That is so profound. All right, now then, Brendan, I want you to look the other way to all men younger than you because in the ages, as you mentioned, from 18 up is a lot of um, conditioning, um, influence from people around us, our work. You're learning the art of, of responsibility with, with jobs. You're learning relationships. <laughs> There's so many things. Plus you're young and probably wanting to party and all these things. But there's a lot of very sad younger people as well. And for those of us listening who have younger brothers or sisters or or particularly, I know your work is around men, but, you know, just as a general statement for the younger ones in our life, what would your advice be to them? It would be just to acknowledge everything that's going on and just become more aware of what's going on. Um, and if there's things that are, are kind of bothering people a little bit or if they're, like, if you're getting, if there's someone that's really annoying you or if there's someone, it's a situation that's really happening, then it's kind of something that you need to look for in yourself as well. Um, and, yeah, just to, to be, like, the statement is just awareness, to be honest, and not be too hard on yourself. Like I think I, I was working with a, an 18-year-old there before and he was kind of talking like he had he was having massive life experiences and everything. And I, at the end I was kind of like, like just go live your life for a bit um, and stop kind of worrying too much about all these little things that are going on. Um, but just become aware of it is pretty much the biggest thing I said to him, just become aware of what's going on um, 
and live your life. Like he's worried about going out clubbing and stuff. And I was just like, just go experience it. Make up your own decision about it. Um, yeah, so I think it's just awareness, really, to be mm. honest. And, and it's the same for everybody, right? That first step. And in my book, I wrote the first step to self-love is self-awareness. And mm. and I know we could say that for the older men as well, or men older than 30, um, that really is honestly the first step. It's awareness that you're not great, awareness that you're in Groundhog Day, awareness that life's not where you thought it might be or where it could have been if you're feeling sad or down. But it's not weak to ask for help, and it's certainly not weak anymore to get uh, professional um support and help for our mental health and wellness you said something very briefly there that um you know when someone annoys you when someone um triggers you or you see something in someone and you have judgment around that could you explain to us a little bit about how that's actually a really beautiful insight into yourself as well yeah it's um coming at kind of uh, at a higher level for a lot of people that kind of don't know too much about the work that that you and me know. Um, most of the time you see something in someone, it's, it's a reflection of yourself and it's, I'm just trying to say this at a, at a high level. Um, yeah, you, you filter the world the way that your conscious mind wants to see it. So everything that you, if you've got problems that are going on inside your own head, the people around you are going to react in that. Like if the perfect example is if you say you come home and you've had a bad day at work and you're not in the best mood and everything, and then you walk up to your partner or your parents or whoever you're living with, with that same kind of attitude and everything and you say hello to them in that in that same attitude they see that and they give you it straight back to you but you see it as them giving it like that but they might not necessarily have that attitude but because that's your energy you're holding on to that's what you receive back if that kind of makes sense yeah, I, I, it's true. I mean, a classic is, and I've done it myself, to be honest. You know, I've sent someone a message, a text message. They haven't answered straight away. And then I start to make it mean something. And I can honestly yeah. say 99.9% of the time, it's never true. Um, <laughs> and the same thing when someone's messaged me and then they've messaged again going, have I done something wrong or you know, why aren't you answering me? There is a multitude of reasons, but because I might have been filtering for uncertainty or, you know, not being very confident, then, you know, I'm getting that same vibe back and yet it's nothing to do with that person at all. And I I really appreciate you saying that because so many of us put meaning into things that aren't even true. And one of my favourite questions is always, is it true? You know, Byron Katie's word, are you absolutely sure it's true? Yeah. And in your emotional state, you might say yes, but we all know that, that our, when emotions are high, intelligence goes low, right? So, um, yeah, I really appreciated you picking up on that point because often when life is down, we're now filtering for everything that makes us feel down. 
um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's that we we have 2 million bits of information coming at us every day and we filter for about 130, 132 bits is all our brain can handle because of the overwhelm it would be to process 2 million bits. So when you think about that 132 uh, out of 2 million, it's then based on our beliefs, our decisions, our values, our lack of self-worth or confidence or lack of confidence. And it's all of that underlying unconscious stuff that you've mentioned that drives everything else. Yet we think it's the superficial stuff here and now. Mm. I really want to ask you, could you give us an example? And I know there's client confidentiality, but talking about anyone that you've worked with that has had that breakthrough can you tell me where they went from and where they came to? Like what, what was the extreme of emotions going through one of your sessions? Um, yeah, I had one just last week um, and it was, it was probably one of the biggest shifts that I've seen in someone. Um, just their whole, they look like a new man. Um, he, he was glowing nearly in colour, like his a lot of like the redness and everything had gone out of his face. Like it was just just such a profound difference that he had just, and we only did like a, a two or three hour session with him. And um, yeah, like he went from, he went from having some real bad kind of self-esteem and self-respect issues um, to walking out and they weren't a problem for him anymore. Like I said to him, think of some, in the future, think of a, a situation where you might be self-conscious or have some self-issues and he goes, I can't. And I was like, so what's what's the problem that you come to me first with? And he couldn't recall what it was. And it's just so powerful. It's like when, when you ask someone, what did you come here for? And they have changed their outlook that they can't even remember what they come for. It's crazy. (laughs) It's so crazy. And it just, I'm sure it inspires you to do it more and more and more. Talk to us a little bit then about your amazing business and what you created and your massive vision. Talk to us about what that looks like. And then as people are listening to this and they're interested, we can give them the links on everything on where to go. But I really would love you to paint the picture of why you've created this amazing business that is growing tenfold and and what your big audacious mad hairy goal is um (laughs) with this beautiful work yeah so i'm not sure if you if you've mentioned it but um it's to build the number one training facility for men in australia that's the the big outcome and on the road to that is to personally impact the lives of one million men um I just, I just get so much fulfilment and so much purpose about seeing the results in people. Um, yeah, and that's what I would nearly say that it's nothing. It's got nothing to do with the money or anything. Like it's just the difference that you can make in someone's life is profound. And I have a, I have a bit of a. A saying that's if you change a man you change a family if you change a family you change a community if you change a community you change a country if you change a country you can change the world 
but it all starts from that one man. So if you can just change one man in every community, like who knows what's going to happen. I'd love you just to say that one more time because I really think (laughs) it actually brings me to tears thinking about it because ultimately we're looking out there to have an impact on the world, maybe some of us, or we're all trying to make a difference out there, but it really is one man at a time. Could you just say it again for us so that we can really hear it for those that are out walking, driving, or listening to this whilst traveling? Yeah, sure. So if you change a man, you change a family. If you change a family, you change a community. If you change a community, you change a country. And if you can change a country, you can change the world. Yeah, it's so true. It reminds me of one of my favourite quotes, um, which goes the other way as well. You know, when there is light in the soul, there is beauty in the person. When there's beauty in the person, there is harmony in the home. When there's harmony in the home, there's order in the nation. When there's order in the nation, there is peace in this world. And probably where I come from with that beautiful Chinese proverb is that when you love yourself, when you have that inner spark, that inner light, and you actually do believe in who you are. And probably more importantly, I think you'd agree with me here, Brendan, is that you love yourself warts and all. You love the the Hmm. shiny bright side, but you also really envelop the, the shadow dark side. You really know that sometimes we can be, you know, all humans have all traits. We're all capable of all feelings and all possibilities it's just as to which ones and to me if you can light that in a spark or as you say change one man I just love the the vision that you have to impact the lives of a million people you know I started the work that I'm doing Brendan when I was about 19 working in essential oils and and someone asked me just recently how many speaking engagements I've done I'm now 52 And I think I've done well over, uh, well, I'm sure it's well over a thousand speaking engagements. And when I think about the number of people at each event or the retreats or the big wellness summits that I've spoken at or podcast interviews and everything, I mean, who knows where that ripple effect goes? But I just want to acknowledge you for the ripple you're making. And I think where you shine a light for me being someone different is you are quiet you're you're quietly strong and persistent and resilient and you know not everybody is rah rah so I appreciate that not all coaches and and experts are going to be for everybody but there is no accident that certain people are listening to this podcast right here right now and I'd love to ask you what would be your words of advice to the listener who's really on their own personal self-love journey Uh, maybe the men don't listen to this so much but maybe their partners have lovingly asked them to listen to this after they've heard it what would be your advice as to why that person has asked them to listen to this podcast um i would say to just go with every whatever you feel right um and it's not it's your own you like you don't have to look at anyone else to try and compare yourself to anyone else or like I the thing around being an alpha male and like you're not a man unless you're an alpha male like it's it's like just they've put a big kind of blanket over like that's what a man should look like and it's had such a bad name but yeah, like you're, you're right, I'm not the loudest person going around, but I don't need to be. Um, and 
yeah, for, for advice, like everyone, everyone has their own decision to be the man or to be the person, not just being the man, but whoever they want to be. And it's all individualized. But as long as they're comfortable with their self and they they love their self, with, as your podcast is all about, then that's what it is all about. Yeah. You know, we've been through a tough time, um, COVID, and, you know, for a lot of men, they've lost jobs, they've lost their identity perhaps through this time. Um, have you found that your clients, you've improved, uh, sorry, uh, uh, numbered, I mean, you've had more numbers coming to you because of it. And what's your thoughts around COVID instead of sitting back and letting, you know, the environment dictate to who we are? It's, it's made you pivot in a way that's just had you explode and grow into the phenomenal human that you are. Um, is that something that you would say to use this as a time to really do the inquiry, the self-inquiry? Maybe it's time to launch that business, maybe. I mean, what, are you, what would you say to the men who may have been a bit rattled through this COVID period? Yeah, well, there's always a positive and a negative. The problem is a lot of the negative gets so much more attention. So if there's, you, first is like just look at all the positives that's going on and disregard the negatives and then you can start moving forward and everything rather than getting caught up in the mentality that's like COVID's come and it's wrecked this, it's wrecked this, I can't do this anymore and more or less just going, oh, I give up. You Like look at the positives that, or, and the possibilities that might come because of this situation. Like there's so many people, like for me personally, like my business has changed completely from COVID come. And you see all these other different businesses that have adapted and, and grew through this time. And there's the other ones that haven't because they've more or less kind of given up and just gone, oh, this is too hard. I'm just going to let the outside environment um, affect me. And it's what some people might have heard, the, the difference in cause and effect. If you're at effect, then everything else around you is dictating what you do and who you are. But if you're a cause, then you're the one that's dictating everything and everything around you. So it's, it's taking ownership of the situation and understanding that there's some things that COVID and everything that's happened, it's happened. But you can create anything that you want going forward. You don't have to be stuck and hiding behind that that COVID situation. And yeah, definitely, there's there's a lot of people that come in to me and say they're stuck now because of COVID. And it's like COVID's like this as bad as it sounds, but COVID just seems to be an excuse for not achieving things. And it's it's not how it should be and it's not how it is, really. It's just people see the negatives a lot more easier than the positives. Uh, you're so right. You're so right. You know, something that's really important to you, and I just want to bring this back to the power of men, Um you are really big on your exercise and your training. And I must admit, my husband, when he went through his real tough times and was labelled with depression and lost his sister to, you know, to to a, a 
suicide and just has been through a lot, lost the house and all these things. So you can actually understand why he was extremely sad um, and then how that affected him. But exercise is something that he said got him through, getting up every morning with that routine, making sure he went for his run to clear his heads or going to the gym or going for a walk on the beach. Um, how important is it to you as a man, Brendan? Yeah, definitely. I think it, to, to go back on that when I was struggling too, like work out, to, to go to the gym and work out, was, it made me happy. Uh, it was one of the most important factors for me. Um, although it kind of went a bit the opposite way where I was doing like excessive workouts to the point that would make me physically stick, sick, but it was still providing me a, like a bit of happiness. Um, and it's, it's so important. Like you just overall, even if you take away anything else that's going on in your head, if you're healthier and fitter, fitter you feel like doing more things. You're happier. You're able to do more things. Um, you have more energy all the time. Like your overall quality of life is just that little bit more than not being that way. Like I see people that are overweight and don't go to the gym and this and that, and I just want to tell them, like, if you could spend a day in someone else's body that was physically fit, like you'd just see a massive difference in how your life could be. And I think that would determine like so many people to get on that journey to, to start becoming healthier and start working out and everything. But for it's good for your mind as well, like like we said before. If I'm not if I go through a period where I'm not working out, then it's a ripple effect. I don't eat, feel like eating is healthy. And then I don't have as much energy, so I don't get as much done during the day and I don't feel like doing as much. So I think working out is probably one of the most important things. And you, you don't have to be like a, an athlete or a bodybuilder or anything like that. But as long as you, you're moving and doing some kind of physical activity a day, even going for a walk, going for a run, swimming or playing social soccer or social tennis or something like that, as long as you're keeping up like a little bit of physical activity, it's it's the first, it's one of the first steps. Yeah, I, I certainly know that that's what Danny said. And um, I just want to say, though, there's a lot of people, as I said, listening to this who've got young kids and, you know, it's very difficult and challenging and I get this excuse all the time that I don't always have the time to go to the gym. I've got a young family. I've got my business. I've got, um, you know, a wife that needs me. I've got all these things. But I think as a family, when you actually start to work out your values and what's really important to you and when health and fitness becomes one of the top values or maybe it's to, to be with your kids as they get older and be, you know, able to kick a ball with them, how do you link those values so that you actually do take action? And I think that's one of the most powerful things I've seen you do in the work that you do is how to help people align their values to what they do on a daily basis. Is there anything you want to say around the values work that you do? Um, yeah, so a lot of people consciously think their values are their values too. Um, so it's easy to sit there and say, yeah, my values are health and fitness, my relationship, um, love and connection and all these type of things. But 
it doesn't matter how many times consciously you tell yourself, if they're not unconsciously your values, you're not going to want to do them. And like people tell me that they they value health and fitness very highly, but they're overweight, they don't work out, they eat and take away five times a week. Like how does how is health and fitness up? one of your highest values when you're clearly not heading in that direction. Um, so I think it's very important to to kind of elicit your values, but then you have to deconstruct them and then reconstruct them and configure them so they all support each other um, rather than just having a conscious awareness of what your values are. Yeah, I just, it, the values work is mind blowing. And I just love how you make that such a big part of your focus, which is why I wanted to link it to the exercise because, you know, it's so important. We were designed to move, we were designed to be healthy. And I particularly loved what you said just before that imagine if you could spend a day in someone else's body that was fit and healthy. You see, most people, when they're unhealthy, don't even realize what it feels like to be healthy because. Sadly, some people may never have ever felt healthy before. Some people may have sadly grown up in an environment where their parents didn't know much about the importance of good whole food nutrition and therefore they've grown up, you know, overweight and these things. But remember, all parents and everyone that we judge have been doing the best that they can with the resources or lack of resources that they have. And I just, again, I want to say thank you to you, Brendan, for what you're doing and for helping these men really spend time on themselves. And I think the biggest question I'd say to people listening to this, even um, if you're not sure what the next step is, people could have or get in touch with you and just even have a conversation to see if you are the right one for them. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, of course. I have um, a half-hour, 45-minute phone chat with with anyone. Um, to see where they're at, see where they want to go, and then if they're a good fit, then, or if I can give them some direction, if they're just looking for a bit of direction or whatever, then, yeah, I'm quite happy to to spend half hour, 40 minutes and give them some little moments and give them some direction and stuff. And, yeah, and then if they choose to to go things further then and we're a good fit, then it's, uh, yeah, it's my pleasure to to help them. Oh, you're amazing. And and where could they go to find out more information about you? Um, yeah, so Facebook, just Brendan Giebel. Uh, my name is there. But also Advanced Men's, Men's Development on Facebook and then advancedmendevelopment.com.au um, is where is the website where you can go and just fill out a, a time to book a session and apply for some coaching there's just a few films and apply for a call nice and can you tell me um if they do that and they go down that pathway and if it's not a great match i mean you're so beautifully open and you've got ideas on other people that they might want to see or give some direction just in that 40 minute call i'm telling you anyone listening to this if you get the opportunity i'll put all the details in the show notes but absolutely 100 percent um make the call if you've been feeling sad down not on purpose don't know how to align, you're overweight or not underweight, you're not feeling good about your health and wellness, you're not feeling great in relationships. I mean, we could talk all day about all the things, but now's the chance to say, what do I want? 
And if nothing else, I think spending that time with Brendan will give you the opportunity to at least take that next step. So I just want to thank you for offering that to our listeners and for being the person and the guiding light that you are. Um, As we come to the end of the podcast, I'm just wondering, do you have, I know you've given us a couple of amazing quotes. You wouldn't happen to have any more, would you? Any other? What's one of your go-tos, your favourites? Yeah, I have one here by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Um, that kind of like is true to to me and very like a male-based one. And it's the world is divided and lays in broken heaps because man is divided within himself. Oh, say that again. Yeah, so it's by Ralph Waldo Emerson. The world is divided and lays in broken heaps because man is divided within himself. Oh, I've got goosebumps all over me. That is just beautiful. Thank you so much, Brendan. Is there any final message you have for our beautiful listeners? Yeah, I'd just like to say one more thing, that um, a man's greatest role model is his father. And this day and age, there's so many single mums and there's so many broken families and everything. And it, I don't think people realise that they're, children look up to them as a role model and if you're not around well like you can't give you, your child the best so it's not just about you it's about like your future generations as well that you're responsible for so yeah like it's 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 a lot bigger than just yourself like you you want to be you want your kids to grow up and be the best that they can be, and it starts from you. Beautiful. So powerful. I just, I really look up to you. I value you, and I really respect the work that you're doing, and I I really want to thank you on behalf of all our listeners for coming onto the Self Love Podcast. I want to scream you from the rooftops. I think every man should be, um, you know, aware of this work and how much us women are desperate for our men to be the men and for us women to be the women like in other words you know be the king and the queen and equally powerful so thank you beautiful brendan i've really appreciated having you on the self-love podcast oh, thank you very much and i love what you're doing as well like i've had the honor to meet you only you know a few months ago and um yeah what you're doing as well is is life-changing for a lot of people and i I thank you for the opportunity to come on here today. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. You have a beautiful day, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.